the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel, your latest NFL draft betting update. We come to you in early April, missed out last week with the March Madness and uh, not much to update. We are back, Brendan Glasheen, with two of our very best that cover the NFL draft at action. We've got Luke Swain, Vegas Refund, Travis Reed. They're here every episode that will be joining you leading up to the draft. We're going to be here the next couple weeks. Three weeks from Thursday is the first round, April 27th. So we'll be with you the next couple weeks, getting you set for, uh, of course, updates, uh, rumor mongling, but also how to bet the NFL draft. That is what we want to serve you here on the Action Network podcast. So, fellas, good to talk to you again. We didn't talk last week. I'll go to Luke first. Kind of what we did the first couple episodes, biggest changes from a, a rumor standpoint, a news standpoint, and you can go whatever direction you'd like because it all somehow, free agency, it all connects to the draft in some capacity. So, Luke, the biggest piece of information um, that you think has shifted things since the last time we chatted on the pod? Um, I mean, I, at this point, we're kind of still waiting for the Cardinals to make the trade, which the closer we get, I think the less likely it is to happen before the draft. Like, I still think it's going to happen, uh, but it's starting to trend towards like somewhat of a draft day trade, which normally when it's in the top five, like those types of trades always happen before um, where you would assume it's for a quarterback where usually when we get into like the 10 plus range is when the draft day trades happen for non QBs. Um, so I don't think there's really any notable news, but you're starting to hear things about like what teams are going to be interested, what teams aren't interested anymore in terms of trading up for what the, everything that only matters in the top 10 are those four quarterbacks and who's going to be targeting them. Um, so kind of just, there's starting to, we're starting to form a consensus on what the first round is looking like, which could be a trap, might not. It's a unique year. Um, so really nothing major, but just really starting to um, see it more clearly. We will dive into new markets that are available in terms of how to bet the draft, position uh, of the first pick by each team, position over unders, which is something we've teased in previous episodes. We haven't had a chance to really dive in. But with the draft approaching and getting closer, those markets are becoming available. So we can dive into some of the things Luke is sort of uh, teasing at. And the quarterbacks is certainly a, a topic that we'll update every week. Trav, what's up? How, when you look now, last couple of weeks, we haven't been on here. Something that's caught your attention that you think is worth updating or that's uh, that's newsworthy? Well, I think the last time we talked about the Titans being a dark horse candidate to trade up. And that seems to have evolved into a... They're now one of the favorites to move up into that third spot with Arizona. 
I think Luke mentioned it might be a draft day trade. And I think it's usually because we know the first two picks and I'm not sure the first two teams, they have not at least given away their hand of which quarterbacks they're taking. So it might be that team waiting to see, okay, which quarterback's actually going to be there at three before they decide to pull the trigger on that move. But right now the market's suggesting that it's a two horse race between Indianapolis and Tennessee to move up to that spot, which makes a lot of sense. So we'll see. I think that's kind of the biggest rumors right now. And kind of that Las Vegas has pulled out of that trade market. Um, they seem to have cooled off and seemed ready to go with Jimmy G for a year or maybe two. Yeah. And I think like the three teams that we're assuming are the trade up candidates are going to be like Travis just said, the Colts, the Seahawks and the Titans, where I think if it is the Colts or the Seahawks, that can definitely be a draft day type trade. Where the Titans, you would assume it has to be something before, um, because when you're moving up, like like the Niners did, a couple. That's what everyone's comparing it to when the Niners traded up to number three for Trey Lance. Where we, I still think they traded up for Mac Jones and it turned into Trey Lance, uh, but we really like. I still think it's going to happen. Um, we're seeing some really drunk mocks on it not happening that I just don't totally buy yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely the Seahawks, Colts, or Titans. Okay, we'll get we'll get to Mr. Jeremiah, who's become a podcast favorite now. The last time, uh, uh, <laughs> well, that's part of me. That wasn't Jeremiah. That was Zerline. Zerline's mock. We'll, we'll get <laughs> yeah. into. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Dane Jeremiah. We'll, we'll catch you. We'll give you a break there. No, uh, do not shame the Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm not. I made a mistake. It wasn't him. It was Zerline. Zerline is mock. We'll we'll get to that. So let's circle back. So okay, you got some thoughts off your chest. We haven't been here for two weeks. Let's. So Luke, ex- expand on Cardinals because the Cardinals control a lot of this. If if one of those teams, the the Colts, the Seahawks, the Titans, if they are going to move up, well, the Cardinals sort of. Stand in the way, kind of. They're 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 drafting third. They could go defense, and that opens the door for Indy to take a quarterback at four or uh, do whatever. And we, the last time we were here, Mel Kiper had the report, or in his mock, Kiper is suggesting that the Colts would move to three, Cardinals would trade back, and that would allow uh, the Cardinals to still get their guy on defense despite not having to draft at three. So, as far as what you're expecting the Cardinals to do um, where do you, like, do, do you think it's a high possibility that they're going to draft out of three? Yeah. I think it, it's where Will Anderson's over under opened up. I want to say late last week and the over under opened up at three and a half, which is the Cardinals. And it was like juice minus minus one fifteen on both sides. Um, where I immediately bet the over three and a half on open at minus 115. And it currently sits, the over three and a half currently sits at minus 500. Um, so, like, these aren't like, these odds aren't like, like minus 500 doesn't mean that like they're giving it like an infinity chance to happen. Um, but a lot of money came in on the over and it just tells you what the perception is that. If the Cardinals don't trade, the under hits. But everyone is assuming to a minus 500 expectation that they are going to be trading, uh, where like it really the top 10 shakes out on 
whether four quarterbacks go in the top four or three, uh, where we have in the scenarios between the two are wildly different because if four goes, guys like Will Anderson goes number five, and then it could be Tyree, Jalen, and it just pushes everyone up that you expect to go maybe earlier based off of the mock drafts that you're seeing right now because no one is making the trade in their mock drafts. And then the Cardinals don't trade out, or if they just trade with, let's say, the Seahawks, and they just, or not the Seahawks, the Colts, and they just swap. And three quarterbacks go, and Levis falls to the Titans, which would be amazing. Mm. Um, the defensive players that we're expecting to go in the top 10 are going to go a pick earlier than you would assume. Um, so it really is, the top 10 is very dependent on whether four quarterbacks go in the top four picks or not, um, which hopefully we'll find out soon. I think we will. We have to. <laughs> well, what you mean is you, you're hoping a trade goes down that creates some clarity that a team is moving up to probably take a quarterback. Yes, that would be great. Um, so, okay, can... so I see your point. So you're, you're, you're using the Trey Lance example because that happened, what, a few days before the draft or a week before? No, I, have been, I think it happened like a month. A month? Yeah, you're right. Okay. It was really far out. Um, it was enough time for the Niners to change their mind, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for people like you guys to adjust your models and betting strategies accordingly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. So that's Trey what Lance need. was great. So this needs to happen like now, like, like, come on, let's go. Um, Cause we're running out of time. Well, f- f- from that perspective, hey, we got three weeks. We got plenty of time. That's true. All right. Well, we'll see. You never know. I mean, Hey, the number one pick got traded on like a Friday at five o'clock. They buried that going into a weekend. So uh, Travis, when you look at just the Cardinals, what trying to figure out what they might do, Anderson, they're they're connected to Jalen Carter potentially, who is saying he uh, he won't take interviews outside the top ten. Which, to Luke's point, that could change if a team trades in, like a Tennessee. But if the Titans do trade in, they're going to want to probably take a quarterback, not a defensive player. Um, what do you, what's your latest development on the Cardinals and their trade expectations? Yeah, I, I think they they want to get out of that spot. Um, there's obviously if there's multiple teams wanting to get to your spot and you're not one player away, it's, it's to your advantage to get out of there. And I think this is a lot like the Chicago situation. We're all expecting a trade. We're just waiting for the details to happen. We don't know which team we didn't know it was going to be Carolina that traded up to one, but we were all pretty sure that Chicago was going to trade it. It's the same thing here. We're all pretty sure Arizona is going to trade the three pick. We just don't know which team is moving up. So much like we had that clarity once Carolina traded up to one, we're like, okay, they're going quarterback one. We're pretty sure Houston's going two. We're waiting for that same clarity once they uh, drop that trade for number three. And that'll kind of have that cascading effect that Luke was talking about. Okay, now we can start to slot in four, five, six, seven, eight, and everything looks a lot better. Right now there's kind of this if-then built in, whereas, okay, if they don't trade it now, you know, it's probably Will Anderson at three, then what happens? So if we can get that trade in, it clears out a lot of those what if scenarios and really starts to kind of solidify what we're expecting in that top 10 picks. Luke, do you see an angle or any value in Jalen Carter plus 800 first defensive player if the Cardinals trade out of three? And well, is there a scenario in which they wouldn't take Anderson at a different slot, three, four, or five, if they trade out of three? I do not see any value there. The under seven and a half is something that I'm 
been very interested in, and I just can't stop looking at it, uh, where one guy I mention a lot is Rob Statton, who is a Seahawks expert um, who runs like a Seahawks blog. And if he didn't have such a strong opinion on the Seahawks not taking Jalen Carter, um, I probably would be involved in the under seven and a half, but no, like Jalen Carter just had, there's too many questions. Uh, There was a rumor that the Raiders came out and took him off his board, but then you, and then the Raiders backtracked and said they didn't. And then you're saying he's not taking interviews with teams outside the top 10. And then Jeremiah went on on air yesterday saying that he doesn't see them getting past the Eagles at all whatsoever, um, which they sit at 10. Um, He is, if there wasn't for these character concerns, et cetera, then yes, I would see value. Um, But it's pretty much a stone cold lock for Anderson to be the first guy taken, uh, whether it's at, four or five is what we need to figure out. Cause if he goes, Anderson goes four guys like Jalen and Tyree are going to go five, six, let's just say. And then, if, but if Anderson trades with the Seahawks and Anderson goes five, then guys like Tyree can make it to the Falcons. Um, so yeah, no, I do not see any value to answer your question. So you, but you said that you're, what's what's staring you in the face is under seven and a half, and as mm-hmm. of now, that would be Seattle at five, Detroit at six, Vegas at seven. Those are all. Mm-hmm. I mean, those all make a ton of sense, right? Especially you put Carter with Aiden Hutchison. I mean, that's a pretty daunting. Yeah, pairing. he's he's a perfect fit for the Lions or the Seahawks. But the when when the only concern is character. And it is something that you can't tangibly measure and is a very case-by-case basis on what a team's principles are. It's just something I don't want to get involved with. It is something that is so unpredictable that you have no idea that you're never, there's not like information you can get on um, where characters are, is just something that it's just, you can't, it's just find another angle on someone else. Cause he could slip to the Eagles. He could go four. He could go like he could go anywhere. Um, and of course, it's seven and a half, which pick seven is the Raiders, who you heard took him off their board, even though he's there right now in a meeting. So I'm not sure what the Raiders want to do at all. Like they're now they won't move up. Now they might stay stand pat. I'm not sure as to what they're 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 gunning for here. Like I think they're going best available. Um yeah. Vic Tarfer. I butchered his last name. Um, he's probably one of the most plugged in beat writers out of all the teams. And he had a great piece on the athletic after owners meetings and McDaniels actually came out and has a quote that they truly believe in taking the best player available. Um, unless they have a guy tied on their big board, then they'll draft for need and just default to the guy based off of need. But McDaniels said they're going to take the best player available. Um, which that's when you go and you look at the experts that you trust big boards and take a consensus, which for me, it's going to be either Tyree or one of two Christian Gonzalez or Witherspoon. Um, the Raiders should end up with Travis. You got a Jalen Carter thought before we move on. Yeah. I, so Luke said it's, it's kind of hard to nail down and I agree, but I, I do think, um, you know, that numbers at seven and a half, I think the team at eight at Falcons is interesting, especially when you look at the market of uh, which team will draft him. 
Uh, FanDuel has the Falcons at six to one, but if you shop around, you can find that at nine to one. Um, so I think that's an interesting angle. If he does, especially with that report, if Seattle isn't going to take him at five, and then you do see like Tyree go six, and then the corners go, um, you know, to seven, I, I could see him landing there at eight and at nine to one. I think that's a solid price because I think we're all pretty confident he's going to be in that five to 10 range. So mm-hmm. to get one of those teams at nine to one odds, I, I think that's a good bet. But that that would be the nine to one would be specific team defensive line, right? Not first defensive player taken. Right. It's it's uh Falcons to take Jalen Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. nine. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is on FanDuel. And, and just looking at the other market available at FanDuel, position of Atlanta Falcons first drafted player. Defensive line plus 100, even money. Right. It's even money. So all you're doing is taking one of the best defensive linemen at nine to one odds. That's right. That's kind of screaming value to me. Right. Exactly. So when you correlate those two, that it's what makes you a lot of sense. Which would be either Tyree or Jalen Carter. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move on. One of the notes you had in here, Luke, that you wanted to hit on just some notable pro days. Is that, is that quarterback related or is, is there a pro day in particular that jumped out to you the last couple of weeks? Uh, so this week there's one. So miles Murphy, who's been a guy that since we started recording, uh, I've thought was going to fall um, to the late first round, which in January he was getting mocked in the top 10. Um, and you could see that he was going to start to fall in terms of like momentum. And he did, and you can see him all the way into the late twenties in some mocks but he crushed his pro day on Tuesday. Uh, like everything except for his vertical was like elite. And that is the type of thing that can bring him all the way back down into like top 10. I've seen Packers at 15, very trendy. So I, I'm not sure that the twenties is realistic anymore. I think he's going to go where everyone thought he should have gone back in January. So that's something to look out for in terms of over-unders, et cetera, a guy that's going to regain momentum because momentum in April is all that matters, where the pro days that are closest to the draft are the ones that matter the most because you got all that hype, you got all the momentum going into the draft. So that is one worth noting. And then today, probably as we speak, Witherspoon um, out of Illinois, His pro day is probably one of the more important pro days that will happen. He hasn't tested yet. He didn't do anything at the combine because he was injured. But if he runs his 40 today, which I don't think he's going to, but there is a chance and he crushes it, that catapults him into the top 10 range and maybe over and and could just put him as a consensus over Gonzalez, which I have a Witherspoon to be the first corner taken ticket from a while back. But if he doesn't run it, then it's going to be tough because he wouldn't have done anything. Um, and it's going to be everything based off tape. So look out for reports coming out of his pro day, which happens today, which is Wednesday. I think it's happening like right now uh, as, yeah, we speak. as we speak. And I think he's running his 40. I think that is that, that would be great. It, 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 and we talked about it. you can't screw it's so hard to screw up a pro day. So like I'm expecting him to run a phenomenal 40. Um, so. Unless you're Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is the only guy I think I've ever heard of that has blown his pro day, which uh, last year, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, consensus top 10 pick, runs his 40 at his pro day. He runs like a high 4-7. And then all of a sudden, 
he falls out of the top 10 and the Ravens got him, I think, uh, like pick 14, which was a steal. Um, he's the only guy I've ever heard of blowing his pro day. So It's easy to drink the Kool-Aid, though, after the pro days. See Josh McCown and what his conversation was like with C.J. Stroud. And talking about how they will find a, a spot for him where he's going to rent out in Charlotte. And that created chaos. Play horse. <laughs> Play horse. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll get to quarterbacks in a second. Travis, any, you know, we'll get to QBs, but any other pro days that kind of jumped out to you, whether happening now or in recent weeks that may have caught your attention from a, a betting perspective? Yeah, the only one that really did was Israel Abanacanda from Pittsburgh, but I don't think there's anything we can bet on yet because he's going to be a day two type guy. Um, but if we do see, you know, after that day one market, um, you know, who's going to be that like third running back after Gibbs? I think he lo- launched himself into that conversation, just had a outstanding spark score and basically just nailed it uh so i think he kind of becomes an interesting name on day two but uh, i think luke already nailed the other ones for the day one guys all right let's move on to quarterback palooza we'll get to a couple things here we'll start with and we talked titans a little bit off the top but i want to kind of hammer this uh hammer this and and pick it apart daniel jeremiah friend of the podcast we think (laughs) move the sticks podcast he says, can I give you a team that I have been told to keep an eye on that's exploring this and looking into this? Again, this is just people around the league, says Jeremiah. Don't sleep on numero 11, the Tennessee Titans, the two teams uh, to keep an eye on with the trade-ups for the Raiders and the Titans. So the Titans moving from 11 to then move up. And then the possibility would be take quarterback in the draft. Uh Luke, when we talked, and I know we talked about this a little bit in terms of the timing, Trey Lance timing, we thought possibly Mac Jones, but just the Niners making that move to give us plenty of time. Uh, I'm curious as to how this relates to the number of first-round quarterbacks we might see, and that could also tie in Hendon Hooker. He's getting some uh, round one quarterback hype as well. He's being tied into visiting some teams and there's some smoke around him possibly going first round. I'm curious about quarterbacks taken first round. I know you said four in the top 10, which would create clarity for other positions, but just QB, generally speaking, Titans moving up, Hendon Hooker hype, and then we'll get into Young and Stroud in a second. So the Titans moving up, if that happens and they take a quarterback, like I will be, like I'm very, I got very invested in that. Titans just take a quarterback specifically to Levis Richardson, uh, which would be phenomenal for myself, but I'm losing a little bit of faith because the amount it would cost for them to move up is going to be a lot where for me, like the scenarios that I can see them taking quarterback at this point, they don't go to three would be Levis falling. um, If you're Zerline Richardson falling (laughs) Um, or in one that just isn't being talked about it at all is if one of the four quarterbacks falls to a pick like the Lions at six, like the Titans going from 11 to six would cost a lot less. And I can see being a lot more realistic for a team like the Lions who have two first round picks uh, that it would make a lot of sense for. Uh, but yeah, and if, if 
And this is why like the Patriots taking Mac Jones to me never really made sense. And Brandon, I know you're a Patriots fan. You're going to love this, but like if you're drafting your franchise quarterback, you either trade up to go get them or you have a top five pick and you take them there. If you just are hoping that this quarterback falls to you and then you draft him, to me, that's not like you truly believe he is your franchise. You either go get him or you have a top pick. So the Patriots just let Mac Jones fall to him and let the Bears leapfrog them to get fields. Uh, so I think trade is very realistic for the Titans. I think it's m- the most realistic if a guy falls and they trade up to like the Lions, et cetera. Um, and then the Hendon Hooker, I just don't buy. Uh, right now, like the over has gotten destroyed uh, to a point where it is very bettable. Hendon Hooker, great, but if you look, he is a quarterback coming off of coming out of a spread system, the torn ACL that is 25 years old. Every year around this time, there is a quarterback that is starting to get hyped by the media because they have nothing else to talk about that they say they could be wouldn't be surprised if this guy sneaks in. And he never does. Last year was Desmond Ritter. He went in like the second or third. You got Davis Mills goes in the fourth. Like the list goes on. I think I tweeted about it last week. But to me right now, it's just hype. I don't see him. Like Hendon Hooker could be, like it could be different. But if you base it off of history, none of these quarterbacks that were getting hyped are 25 years old off of an ACL, et cetera, which the Vikings are the team everyone's trending towards. Titans, maybe Patriots, but um, I don't buy it at all. I would bet the under four and a half. Um, I wouldn't bet the over unless it was like really fun odds. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst, tweets yesterday, April 4th. We record to you on a Wednesday, April 5th. Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker met with the Saints today as the Titans and Packers to close uh, to close out this week, his schedule is packed pre-draft with visits. Does he go first round? Question mark. Starting to think so. That's Matt Miller. And, how and, he and those teams can draft him in the second round too. Just an FYI. <laughs> like, yeah, Matt Miller. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, they're running out of things to talk about until we get a little bit closer. Uh, we're like we're in we're in like a window of yeah. You don't want to put out. Like yeah, there's enough time to put out two mock drafts, but not enough time to put out three. And we got pro days are starting to dwindle where these are the types of things that. Yeah. I just don't buy it. Oh, and by the way, I meant to respond to what you said about the Mac Jones thing, just really quickly in, in certain, t- I, I agree with you in the Patriots situation in some team situations, like the Colts and how they've handled this position post Andrew Luck. They're probably thinking, well, to save face in our front office, to save face for our new head coach, well, we could just, I'm, I'm talking like I'm the Colts. Well, you know, we had the fourth pick that we had to take what was best available to us. So it almost buys them time. Not saying that's yeah. right for the football operation, but the idea no, of buying time because we had to get the next best quarterback available. What could we have possibly done? Um, and the one that last thing I wanted to talk about, but that's like, that's is, not football. That's, that's just trying to save people's jobs. That's not like trying to be a good team. Anyway, keep going. No, I, yeah, I got it. I totally got it. And <laughs> last thing I wanted to, the Titans with the coaches meetings last week, Rabel had an interview, which the buildup was insane and hilarious, but they were asking about Tannehill and he goes on for like a minute or two about, Tannehill, where you think he's going to commit to him, 
And then at the very end, he just doesn't. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, God, this isn't good for like the Titans quarterback odds. And then he just doesn't commit to Tannehill. And he says, basically saying, like, whoever is going to be on a roster will have confidence in him, et cetera. Where, which at that point, I was like, okay, maybe I should go bet more on Titans quarterback. But it was like two minutes of losing faith. And then the last 15 seconds, you're like, holy shit, he didn't commit to Tannehill because they can save a ton of money by not having him on the roster. Um, so yeah, Travis weigh in please on the latest, we'll get to Stroud and and young in a second here, but just the conversation surrounding the Titans moving up. Jeremiah has got a report coming in that that the Titans can move up from 11 and then Hendon hooker. And if you do have an angle on how to, played the quarterback market from a, from a betting perspective. I will add Tennessee Titans position of teams. First draft pick, it goes O-line and then quarterback at plus plus one twenty five. for the Titans. Which it was, As of right now. it was plus 1600 a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do think there's one wild card here uh, and that's Lamar Jackson that we haven't mentioned who could throw a wrench oh, into him. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, because there have been some rumors to Indy for him, and obviously that pick would go to Baltimore. Now, does Baltimore draft the quarterback that Indy would have drafted anyway? Maybe. Um, I think Anthony Richardson would make a lot of sense just to step into the Lamar role and just keep doing your running quarterback offense. But yeah, Tennessee has not committed to Tannehill. They drafted Malik Willis last year. He is not any good, but they that's obviously not a good sign for Tannehill. Um, so I do think, yeah, I think quarterback makes a ton of sense for them in a, in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's, are they willing to pay that price? Because it's going to be not just this year's first, it's probably next year's draft picks. And so are you really confident one of these guys to kind of mortgage this year and next year and really kind of put your, the coaching and the GM, they probably don't have a lot of rope left. Um, they kind of got to that mountaintop and got the one seed, had like their little run there, got to AFC championship and never really. And now it seems like they're on their way down. And so really, are they going to just push all their chips in and feel like, okay, we're going to try for one of these young quarterbacks and hope he can get us back there. The latest on Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, number one pick. We spent a lot of time on this in previous episodes and because there's just a lot of news around it, the quarterbacks, they already had their pro days. Stroud had Panthers ownership there last week chatted, but the betting market and looking at FanDuel right now, it, it it's, it's Stroud Stroud. It, it, what they think Stroud minus 300, number one, overall pick Bryce young plus two fifty. But Luke, there is some Bryce young love coming in. Zerline's going to mock out now with, we'll get to the other stuff in the mock, but young is going number one in, in Zerline's latest mock draft to Carolina, your thoughts. And is there, a chance that we we might need to take a look at Bryce Young at plus two fifty to be number one. No, I mean it's just not. I mean, I I guess if you don't have any number one tickets and you just want to have some action on the number one pick, like sure. But if you have Stroud tickets, I wouldn't be hedging um, with Bryce Young. I think Jeremiah came out on Path of the Draft last night saying he would be utterly shocked if the Texans didn't take a quarterback at number two, uh, which was like the hottest angle of Zero Lines mock yesterday, which I don't know if we're getting into that now because I just have a few thoughts about it because it was 
phenomenal. Well, it um, all relates because he's got Young yeah. going number one in his mock. So go ahead. Yeah, and zero. Like the one thing with zero line is we've talked about how like there's specific mockers that are connected to teams, and the team. And I love zero line. He's like one of my favorites. And but the team he's connected to is the Texans, um, which is why I didn't close the mock out the second I opened it, um, where he. It was like he was taking it to the, his grave that he wasn't trying to make a mock that would get attention or clicks. Uh, but at the same time, I think he replied to every single reply that he got on his mock draft on Twitter. So, um, which it, it was great. It was absolutely crazy. Um, but there is a group think consensus right now that I think could be a little bit more dangerous this year compared to other years, uh, because it's generally thought that this class is weaker than other years and, like the five, six, seven pick this year isn't like years past five, six, seven, where normally it's if you have five through seven, this guy's the best out of the five, he's going to go five, and it's, it's just going to go like those guys are going to go in that order. Uh, where this year it's just a little bit more closer because this crop isn't as good, where one team could have the fifth player at the bottom of their board, and another team could have them at the top. Um, so there's just a lot more uncertainty, which Again, creates chaos, which is great. Um, but the group think could be a little bit more dangerous, which is why I appreciated Zerline's. Um, I don't take it totally serious, but there needed to be a little bit of a shakeup in terms of um, what the consensus was amongst the mock because it was getting somewhat copycat. So, so you're 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 kind of making fun of it, but also supporting it. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I'm not like there was nothing I bet off of his mock at all. Uh, but it was, it was, it was good to like refresh it, like, just like refresh, like, okay. You have to take a step back and say like, okay, things can go off the rails. If it does, it could be this year. And like, that kind of just like reminded me, I guess you could say where, I mean, he had Tyree Wilson going second, which was the Texans. Um, he had, it, it was, which I got, it right, here. I got it right here. Will Anderson third to Arizona. He's got CJ Stroud going fourth to Baltimore. The Ravens no, but he had to four. Tyree second. So Texans not taking quarterback. Right, right. So Young, yeah. Wilson, then Anderson to the Cardinals at three, and then <laughs> CJ Stroud at four to Baltimore. It, yeah, and Richardson 14 to the Patriots. <laughs> like, which I'm all for that. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would, it, if his mock happens, we're losing a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. Uh, at least I am. Uh, but I don't think it will. Not a lot. Yeah. Whatever. For our listeners, Lance Zerline, 2023 NFL mock, his uh, mock draft 3.0. His uh, it's, it's yeah. came out just this week, so that's and, what we're saying. And McShay came out with the mock yesterday too, which I'm a huge McShay fan. I love him. Um, I was it was kind of underwhelming because um, yeah. I read this the is, context. This one's way more interesting. Yeah, like in I read into the context a lot of the mocks, and it seemed like he didn't have any information in this mock like it was kind of just his opinion which you love like he does like quote unquote like i'm hearing etc like there was not a lot of i'm hearing in the context of this of his mock which disappointing but it's okay Still travis, tra- travis cj stroud bryce young if you have a stroud ticket at close to even money when i, I mean that was it's about even the minute the deal went down when carolina traded up to number one what would you do with the current market of Stroud minus 300, Young plus 250? 
I'm the same as Luke. I'm just sitting on the Stroud ticket. Um, Don't need to hedge yet. If that number gets bigger, especially if we get closer and you want to just hedge out a little bit, that's fine. But for now, I'm sticking with it. Um, Yeah, that Zerline mock did open some eyes. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like when somebody makes a crazy March Madness bracket, you're like, I'm not going to go with that, but I respect that you're trying to go for it. Um, But yeah, the interesting thing is, I have seen what if Young doesn't go second, you know, what if Richardson goes second um, and Luke Mitch and the group think, you know, there's, there's a chance that Richardson does go second. And we're kind of just dismissing that. Um, so I think those types of things are interesting. If you want to bet like Bryce Young to go third or fourth, uh, there's some long odds there, but um, if you made me pick right now, I'm still going to go Stroud one young two. And then, then we wait on the trade at three. Yeah, because there's there's an angle with Stroud not going number two because he has the same agent as Deshaun, which people are galaxy braining that the Texan won't want Stroud because of his agent because there's so so much tension between Deshaun and the Texans from the past that Stroud has the same agent. Um, I don't buy that, but I mean if they're if they're making decisions off of things like that, then they got a problem um, in itself. But yeah. Every client is their own individual person. And I do want to just quick uh, thought. So Witherspoon just ran his 40. And it looks like he ran a 4-4-2 and a 4-4-6. And I quote the man of the hour, Daniel Jeremiah, quote unquote, that'll work. So Witherspoon is very much in play for top 10. Yeah, um, which I love. I think Raiders are... Lions, Raiders, Falcons, six, seven, eight are very much in play at this point uh, because he hadn't tested yet. And the fact that he just ran a low four, four, it's great. Um, and I don't even think he's a hundred percent. So in terms of health, so he ran a low four, four, not a hundred percent sign me up. All right. Well, that's uh, something we can definitely dive into deeper next week, but before we go, so there's your quarterback update. A lot of a lot of going on, a lot of chatter, which is is good for our purposes. But from a betting perspective, it sounds like don't overreact to the hand and hooker hype. And for the most part, and, and it relates. It, it's not. See, we we I know that when you consume podcasts, folks, about the draft, a lot of it is made about the quarterbacks. But it also, as the guys said off the top, it relates to how you want to bet defensive positions as well for the teams like the Cardinals and the Falcons and possibly the Seahawks. Like it all kind of connects in that way based on the over under uh, kind of place. So speaking of which, um, and we've kind of, we've intertwined these throughout today's show, but before we get out of here uh, and also you guys are going to give out a couple picks before we get out n- any new markets that you guys are eyeing since the last podcast, Luke, you first, any new markets that you want to uh uh, tell the listener to explore. So there's a bunch. The ones that I've gotten the most involved with, which it's really kind of just the overrunners not fully coming out and I guess needing some action on the draft is team to draft position first, which Fandle put up a ton. DraftKings has a ton. Caesars has a ton now where I got involved in a lot of the early numbers. There still are a few, uh, but those of you can which again, whether quarterbacks go one, two, three, four is really what hinders at least the top 10 in terms of position. Uh, but there's a bunch on there. You got positional over-unders available. You got conference, college conference over-unders available. We had a 
first linebacker come out, which I was surprised Drew Sanders wasn't the favorite. Uh, Jack Campbell out of Iowa actually opened as the favorite, but if neither of them go in the first round, it really gets dicey. And that's when like fits come in and linebacker is a interesting, not premium position. So I'm not interested in first linebacker. They even have a matchup um, on DraftKings, which they're tied. Um, what else came out? Uh, oh, Michael Mayer on FanDuel came out, which that was a bad, 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 bad line that they opened up and, they opened up Lions at 34 to 1, which off of the mocks that I track, Michael Mayer to the Lions is the highest percentage, which is 20, which is 5% higher than any other player going to the Lions at 18. And I've had many friends respond saying, is plus 5,000 Titans to pick a tight end a better bet? And the answer is no, because they have two picks, and that bet is for the number six pick. So if you're seeing the Michael Mayer odds and you think that the positional odds are better, those positional odds are for the number six pick, not the number 18 pick, uh, which would be the Michael Mayer, um, which came out of 34 to one, which I bet it's come down. I still think they should be the favorite. It, I, it's not like my bet for this pod, um, but it is a fun one. And then they opened up first kicker. What's his name? What's, it? What's the kicker's name? Did you it see was- that, Travis? Yeah, it was Jake Moody. I saw oh, it on the God. notes and I said, who the hell is Jake Moody? Yeah, uh, which is like DraftKings just teasing us. It's like we're, we want more over-unders and they put out Jake Moody last night, <laughs> which was, I mean, I, I don't have any thoughts on a kicker, but I did have a friend say he bet Jake Moody to the Bears at 100 to 101. So I was like, whatever. So I think I put like 10 bucks on it. Um, at 101, Jake Moody to the Bears. <laughs> we just want the over-unders. Uh, in number four and number five pick came out too. That is very interesting to me because it's priced out somewhat to the extent that they think that the Cardinals are going to pick at three and Will Anderson at four and Will Anderson at five. I don't see him getting past five at all. If you bet both of them, kind of are guaranteeing yourself a profit. Um, I think it's plus 225 to go fourth and then like plus 165 to go fifth like the only way you don't make money off of those two bets combined is if Zerline was correct which i don't think he is travis any markets that have jumped out to you that are new in the last couple of weeks or ones that you're you're keeping an eye on or eyeing i like the um you know the team positional ones are good because you don't have to nail the player exactly you just have to yeah. nail the team need especially in the back half of the draft because there is, you know, this effect of, well, if one team just reaches here, it could set off a chain of events. But if you can nail the team's needs and the mocks are agreeing with those team needs and you can get some value there, those are the ones that are probably the best to go after. Like Luke said, we're still waiting on the over-unders. Hopefully those come soon. And there's a lot of instances where you should shop around and look at different, it's not even shopping the same market. It's if this happens, this market is good. Like, for example, we talked about what if Richardson goes second? Well, he's 16 to one to go second. But if you think that means Young goes third, he's 25 to one to go third. So if you think those three are the picks, you'd be better off betting the 25 to one Young right. going third than Richardson going second. Because if Richardson goes second, you're probably hitting that 25 to one. Nailed it. NFL draft is three weeks from tomorrow. 
the actual picks that you guys might want to get on now. Uh, we'll go to Luke first and then Travis before we get out of here. Luke, anything you want to bet or give out now? There's one I, I do like, and it's going to be a positional where it's somewhat of a, a planning my red flag on this, uh, where the one I do like at its current odds are Eagles position to be drafted first, which is on Fandle. It's on all the books. And I very much like offensive line at plus 400, plus 380, either or works, where right now the trendy pick is Lucas Van Ness or maybe a corner. I just don't totally buy that. If you look into their beat riders, Jimmy Kapensky, who's one of the who one of my favorite like diamonds in the rough, Eagles for the Philly Inquirer, has come out with a couple of pieces lately about team needs, big board, et cetera, after his after the owners' meetings that he was at. And offensive line, he has made great arguments for. And the Eagles are going to be a team that is the most analytically driven. And going and they always draft the premium positions in the first round. They never take linebackers. They never take running backs. There, there could be an exception with Bajan, but I don't buy that totally. And the Eagles have their center, Kelsey and Lane Johnson at right tackle, who have one year left, maybe two. And the Eagles have always had depth and they've lost a few guys. And right now, Paris Johnson is trending to go nine to the Bears, which leaves Skaronsky and Broderick Jones, which I could see either of them going here. But Skaronsky is the perfect pick for number 10 because Kapensky mentioned how drafting a lineman that is versatile, who they can just put at guard from day one and then move to right tackle when Lane Johnson leaves or maybe even center. And Skaronsky is exactly that. His arms are a little bit shorter. So everyone is making the point that he is not a left tackle and they think he might fall, which is why Paris Johnson might go ahead of him. Uh, where Scrancy is that they guard the tackle, who knows even the center, and it is exactly the type of pick I can see Eagles taking and needing at 10. And Scrancy is very, like, he is power ranking big boards. He is top five on every team, but based off of the arms and et cetera and guard, he's going to slip and Every bet that I make, I, I want at least two or three options. I was very interested in like the Falcons and the Raiders. Or, like Their positional odds interest me. Corner is interesting. And defensive line for the Falcons at seven, which defensive line's plus 400, corners plus 250. But with the defensive line, you're really kind of just betting on Tyree falling, which is one option. We're at 10. We could have three tackles for the Eagle to pick between, which I buy. Corner, I don't think, is as big of a need anymore. Eagles, first position, offensive line, plus 400. Love it. I like it. And that, you know, with Kelsey probably playing his last season, they're getting older, could sure that up for a young quarterback on a, on a rookie deal. So go out and continue to grow the offensive line and keep things going for Jalen Hurts. I, I like it uh, at the top of the draft. Travis, anything that you'd like to give out at the end of the show before we say goodbye? Yeah, the uh, the Carter of the Falcons at 9-1 to one again. Um, another one, I think I've given this out before, but I'm still kind of piling in, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba first receiver. He's still minus 200. I still think that's too short. Um, he's, I think he's clearly in a tier above those other guys. Most of the question marks around his health and everything have been answered. Um, there's just like all of the Ohio state players and everything like that. Like Garrett Wilson came out and said, he's better than I was. Like I'm, there, there's just a lot of good 
um, rhetoric towards him. So I, I think he's clearly going to be the top receiver in this draft. Um, and I think minus 200 is fine to lay that. Where do you, where do you suspect he goes? Probably in that, that 11, 12 range. Um, a lot of that depend if the Titans don't trade up for a quarterback, right. they, they could, they clearly need receivers. Um, I think those odds are 10 to one Titans yeah. to take a wide receivers, 10 to one, um, which that would mean they're taking a wide receiver in the first round two years in a row, which would be crazy, but I I'm seeing it and I do buy it too. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things where as soon as a trade happens, like say the Colts do make a trade or something run to go bet that because if they're not trading up for a quarterback receivers going to be one of their best needs that and tackle. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be in that, you know, 10 to 15 range. Um, and I think he's going to clearly uh, be ahead of those other guys. He is, there is a specific book, a big book that has him at minus 175 for his re- receiver taken to. Um, and I think, what was it? Who's the uh, Ohio State wide receivers coach? Um, used to be the Dolphins wide receiver. Heartline, right? Heartline had an interview earlier this week and he like listed his top five receivers he's coached and he put Marvin Harrison number one and he had Jackson number two. Uh, and then I think he went Garrett, Terry, Olav, yeah. which to me, like, uh, I maybe I buy it, but like, you're not, like, not going to put a guy in his draft process any lower than number two. And you're also going to put a guy who's playing for you, number one, which I, Marvin's like, Marvin is number one. Um, and it, it just felt like he wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings. And the Ohio State is wide receiver you, and everyone's pumping them, which I would pump my guys too. Um, so, yeah. but I think he, I agree with Travis, um, which minus 175, hell yeah, minus 200. Yeah. I mean. If Tennessee moves up, I mean, maybe there is some appeal for for Houston to take a receiver. And then, you know, Patriots are meeting with Zay Flowers, the BC kid. Like, of course they are, you know, like just because that's just easy for Bill to go right down the the road. Please no. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Fellas, good stuff. This was fun. We are, we're back off and running. We have three weeks to go until the draft. So we'll be with you next week and the week after that. And the week after that, so the 12th, 19th, 26th, we will be giving you NFL draft betting updates leading up to the first round, which is again, Thursday, April 27th from Kansas City, Missouri. For Luke Swain, Travis Reed, Brendan Glasheen, as a reminder, if you're looking for other sports content, sports betting content at Action Network on the podcast side, our UFC betting preview comes your way on Friday morning. And if you're into baseball, baseball season is back. It is underway. You can tune into Payoff Pitch. We are live every Monday. We're not live. We record uh, episodes every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Three episodes a week if you're into baseball. Check that out. Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. For Luke, Travis, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Talk to you again next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.